a cuppa and a good chinwag? The story has real-life stories to inspire and make you smile. Weekdays on Vision and on demand in the app. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. We're taking our conversation about God and the sorts of films we watch just a shade deeper today. Our next guest has spent more than 50 years as a reviewer of films with a constant interest in uncovering themes, characters and plots that reveal Christ-like figures and images. In other words, finding Christ when they're not directly about Jesus of Nazareth. Peter Malone has a new book out. It's called Christ Figures, There on Our Screens, Gospel Values in Film. Peter's joining us. Peter, welcome along to 2020. Thanks very much, Neil. Peter, you've been doing this for uh, 50 years. Uh, Give us some insights here into your life, the film-type mission that you're involved in since the late 1960s. Well, I think I'll start a bit earlier because... Somehow or other, I've loved films for almost as long as I can remember. My mother was very ill during the mid-40s, and she died in 1947, and a lady looking after us loved going to the pictures, as we said in those days, so she took us a lot to the pictures. And then when I went to boarding school after my mother's death, we had pictures every week, and in secondary school, I used to choose them and show them. So it goes back quite a long way. And you've written books over the years, even around the history of Jesus' films, like Cecil B. DeMille, King of Kings, and right through to The Passion of the Christ. This has been your passion all these years. Well, it has. And as I got older and had seen, I suppose, so many films and started to write about them and review them, it seemed to me... I think this is about 20 years ago now, that I should start to put together all the material on any of the Jesus films that I could find. So a lot of searching, a lot of um, Googling. I don't know what we did before Google. Lucky we have this. You had to go to public libraries. (laughs) We did, yes. And um, the other thing, of course, YouTube, where quite a number of films and clips uh, can still be found fairly easily. So... um, By 2012, I think it was, uh, I was able to publish a book which we called Screen Jesus, and it was an attempt anyway to make some commentary on all the Jesus films that I could find up to that time. And I said we're taking things a shade deeper today because you've identified now uh, lots and lots, let's say dozens upon dozens of film portrayals uh, of those characteristics that reflect the life and teaching of Jesus in the Gospels, but they're not necessarily Jesus' movies. That's right. What what started it, I think, way back, was we did a bit of that kind of thinking about characters in literature. Uh, I'm thinking, say, of Herman Melville's Billy Budd. So back in the 60s, uh, authors were pointing out he, um, Billy Budd had characteristics of Jesus, innocent, martyred, all those kinds of things. And so when I was reviewing films, especially in the 70s, it occurred to me that the filmmakers were including characters and drawing on those characteristics. Can I give you an example? Yes. The first one that really struck me with 
groups and classes was Clint Eastwood in 1975, The Outlaw Josie Wales. And the opening scene after the Civil War has him ploughing the fields with his son. And then the raiders come and burn his house, kill his wife and son, and he buries them. And this is all before the credits come up, by the way. So Josie Wales is there burying his family, and he says, dust to dust, ashes to ashes, the Lord he gives, the Lord he takes away. And he's been making a cross, and as he bends over, the cross goes on his shoulder. Now, people didn't notice that quite in the 70s, and I always wonder why, but it struck me those kinds of clues mean the filmmakers are drawing on some kind of gospel imagery at least and trying to communicate their characters with those overtones of uh, gospel images of Jesus or gospel words of Jesus. And by the way, Clint Eastwood did that in several other films uh, later, including Pale Rider and Unforgiven. So he's a great source for Christ figures in Westerns. In fact, I don't know whether you coined the terminology, but the thought of a soteriological Western, and uh, for those who know a few little things about their study of theology, the doctrine of salvation is called soteriological, uh, soteriology. So soteriological Westerns, is that something that you can almost attribute to a Clint Eastwood character? Well, the Archbishop of Melbourne back in the 90s Whenever I met him, he used to say, has Clint Eastwood made any more sociological westerns? So uh, he certainly said that, and I'm sure others did. I actually drew on uh, an English theologian who was writing on the way that Jesus is presented in the Gospels in the light of the Old Testament. And his distinction was Jesus as Redeemer and Jesus as Saviour. And so... In my writings in those days, they were the two categories that I used. And then, would you believe, we were challenged in the 1980s with what was called liberation theology. So those small Christian communities in Latin America, for instance, and I suppose the political upheaval and where the churches stood as regards uh, theology and faith and action and so uh, it was the time when the film The Mission came out, uh, which really dramatised, I think, the characters there. Some of them were redeemers, suffering with the people. Others were saviours, liberators, like the Robert De Niro character, who went out and fought in defence of the American Indians. So those are the kinds of things that were, I think, quite exciting back in those days and which I've tried to draw on. Amazing insights. But ordinary moviegoers, Peter, they're not necessarily looking for deeper meanings. But that doesn't mean that a deeper and, you might say, even subliminal message is not being conveyed in some of these films and through some of the dialogue that's delivered. I think you're right. Can I give you an example from this very morning? Yesterday, I went to review uh, the new animation film, uh, Buzz Lightyear, the character from Toy Story films. And this was saying Andy in Toy Story back in 1995 got a toy of Buzz Lightyear from seeing this particular film. And so they show us this film about Buzz and his activities. Do you remember Buzz Lightyear's saying 
to eternity, to infinity, and, and beyond. beyond. Yep. And talking about that with a group this morning, somebody said, younger audiences know that phrase. It's part of the way we express ourselves. Now, I'm not sure that everybody who says to infinity and beyond knows exactly what infinity is. And I think philosophically, to infinity and beyond is a metaphysical impossibility. But it's a great phrase, and it shows we are open to anything more. We are always invited, whatever our, our experiences, to go on towards infinity. So I think you're right. People do have um, a response, I think, subliminally, to a lot of the stories, to a lot of the values. They might remember connections. They might not. And Jesus himself preached and taught and performed some symbolic actions. And he told parables. And they included you know, parables about mustard seeds and leaven and pearls and those sorts of things. And the listener, they understood what he was saying, even though they didn't have a religious context necessarily. Can that happen the same way with film? I would hope so. And the word uh, that we have used in our particular organisation around the world, especially with having juries, uh, many ecumenical juries, in festivals around the world, the common denominator is values. And I think that that's the key. That if we can talk about a film and its values, then we've got common denominator. And whatever our faith, whatever our church, we can draw on our traditions and have, I think, very fruitful conversation. And values at the centre. So this is whether this is considered to be a Christian film or not, you can actually discuss the values and they become a talking point for you. And so if you're in a small group or in your regular get-together with friends over coffee, uh, you can actually talk about those values and that creates even an opportunity to talk about Jesus. Is that the way you'd see it? I think a lot of that is true and I've found in participating internationally in the juries, we have very interesting conversations from varying points of view about the film, about how it dramatised the values, the excellence with which it did that, and how we can respond and communicate that. So, yes, I think you're, you're right. I found something you wrote, Peter. You said, Jesus' methods, you describe it as lights, camera, faith. Uh, does that ring a bell with uh, with what you've written there? Uh, uh, you know, and the the thought that uh, the way that we might see the portrayal of Jesus in the Bible uh, leads I better, to. I better tell you that's not my original thought. I wanted um, three books I did on uh, discussion films for every Sunday celebration of liturgy and feast day, and I wanted to call it something like you know a film anthology or something like that. But uh, it was published in America, and in America they have slogans, and they said we're going to call it Lights, Camera, Faith. And so that was over 20 years ago now that I think of it. So, uh, yes, it's been a phrase that I've been familiar with, and that was its origin. Okay, and your book is offered... Your book is offered to help people reflect on films and to discuss them in formal and informal groups. So in small group settings, this is where your book is actually very helpful. It's called Christ Figures, 
there on our screens, gospel values in film. You would hope that people might pick this up and and people love to talk about the films they've seen and so it's going to equip people to understand how to communicate faith in those settings? I hope so. Uh, I've been particularly connected, I suppose, with um, education and I've found over the years, especially when those Lights, Camera, Faith books came out, and I had various films for particular celebrations, you know, Christmas, Easter, and during the year, even with younger people who hadn't given any thought, who might have been a bit strange, they could start to make the connections from their knowledge of the Gospels, Jesus' actions, Jesus' words, and the films then came a bit more alive. In the last 15 years or more, uh, with the Marvel Universe and all these superhero films, which are based on the struggle between good and evil, heroes and villains, I think younger audiences who enjoy these films find that that's a way they can talk about these particular films and those values as well. Well, Peter, you do take us that step deeper into film and your book is called Christ Figures, There on Our Screens, Gospel Values in Film. To connect with Peter Malone, you can simply Google Peter Malone website. The book is called Christ Figures, There on Our Screens, Gospel Values in Film and it's available at online booksellers. Peter, thanks so much for taking some time to share these thoughts with our listeners today on 2020. Neil, thank you for asking such good questions that enabled me to give answers. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.